So in this podcast, I've chosen to talk about a subject that is really sensitive for me, um, and it's about grief. Um, I think it's appropriate because even though it's a difficult topic, many of us are experiencing grief right now. We're losing people. We are having a pandemic that people are being killed. People are dying through natural causes. People are dying via accidents, but it happens and Winging it is all about talking about the things that have happened to me and those around us. So I am joined today by one of my dearest friends um, who I have experienced grief with, both on her side and my side. Yeah. So, Shakisha. Cam. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. We both lost our parents. So Shakisha's lost her dad and I've lost both parents. Mm-hmm. And we were both at each other's parents' funerals. Yep. Um. Go support system. This is it. <laughs> I know. But that has made our friendship stronger. For sure. Because we both have a common bond in terms of grief. So tell me about um, how dad died. Um, so my dad was ill for years. Um, long story short, he caught MRSA when I was in college. So maybe about 2005, 2006. Um, because he just went for a routine. Um, he operation. went for a routine operation, caught MRSA, um, and ended up therefore having thirty-three further operations. Um, they brought him back to life multiple times. He had multiple organ failure, and he survived all of that. Um, ended up in a care home, um, for years, and then one morning he just woke up and then died. And how old was he? 50. He died five, four days after his 50th birthday. If you can go back to that day that he died, mm. what was your feelings on that day? <laughs> um, I went for a range of feelings. I'd spoken to him two days prior. Because you used to see him a lot, right? Yep. And I had seen him on his birthday I didn't speak to him over the weekend. And the day that he died was the day that it was the Queen's Jubilee. So we had that extra bank holiday. Mm -hmm. So it was a Tuesday. And um, I called him on the Sunday. No, on the Monday we spoke. And then 6am Tuesday morning, I got a private number call. Um, And it was the hospital. And they said, oh, you need to come now. You need to come now. And I was like, why? What for? Um, Obviously, I was my dad's next of kin. Um, and I was like, it's 6am, like, do I have mm. to come now? Can I come later? Because obviously he had a lot of ailments. So I'm like, what is it? Can you mm. tell me? They're like, no, you need to come now. And I said, well, you need to tell me what's wrong with him. Mm. And um, the nurse, whoever called me, <clears throat> um, didn't put the phone on mute, but whispered to somebody else, she wants to know what's wrong. Mm. And I just dropped the phone because I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. But through the whole journey... I think my sister ended up brushing my teeth and we went to the hospital and on the whole drive, I was just like, any sign that it's not what I think it is, I'm just waiting. Um, And so I was in disbelief up until we got to the hospital and we were waiting for somebody to pay attention to the fact that we were waiting to talk to someone. And somebody came, I can't remember if it was a nurse or doctor. And I said, oh, you know, I said my dad's name. Um, and they said, okay, let me take you to the family room. And I just collapsed right in the middle of the ward, um, the A&E. 
And they had us sitting in there for two hours before they came and actually said that my dad had died and he had died at like 5 a.m. Oh, mate. Um, and then we left the hospital and I remember in being in the car, my sister was driving and I saw someone waiting at the bus stop and I got so angry because I was like, how dare you wait for a bus? Like, I've lost my dad. <laughs> that was in my mind. I was like, how dare you live life? Yeah. Like, my world has... Crumbled. That's it's popped down because you were daddy's girl. I was his only child. Yeah. I mean, the loss that you feel on the day, mm. it stays with you. Mm. And I don't know why people think that just because years have gone by, mm, mm. you know, time is a healer. But you, you can, as we talk about it, you can feel I the feel emotion. It. Like, yeah. I feel, you can feel the emotion. Yeah, for I sure. feel it, and it's that what? it brings me back to mm-hmm. that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a really similar call, and we were together the day before. Yeah, we went to mm. see that drive film, Hustlers. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> and I remember posting the pictures, and you know, on the weekends I go to see my mum with my daughter. And I remember also getting a call and they were saying, oh, mum's not doing too good. And I said, it's okay. Just making breakfast. I'm on my way. Mm. And then the nurse called back and I said, ah, yes, Antonio. What did you forget? And he said, she's gone. Mm. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And even though, you know, my mum had uh, dementia and she was ill for seven years and had lost the ability to communicate verbally, Mm. She was still my mum. And so, you know, people were like, oh, yeah, but she'd left the building a long time. And even I started to say that myself, you know, (laughs) it's just the body that's there. But there is nothing like when it actually happens Mm -hmm. because there's no run-up that could prepare you for that day. When you left the hospital, Mm. what did you do? (laughs) Well, first things first is um, we went to the home and my dad had recently because he was ended up being disabled and he had recently like one month before three weeks before got a car and he wanted to start driving again Mm. and it was all adapted so we went and first thing we said okay we need to sort out this car because we need to return it or whatever but we went in his room and we were going through papers because my dad told me when I was maybe like seven that he had life insurance Mm -hmm. so (laughs) this was like totally unexpected like I said he was, I thought he was invincible. No, he didn't. He wasn't mobile. Um, he'd lost an eye. <laughs> he like he had so many things like wrong with him. But in his mind, he was still there. And he, you know, was going to dialysis three times a week. So I was like, yeah, cool. You know, he's not going to die. But then mm-hmm. I thought, oh, yeah, I did remember him saying life insurance. So I thought, well, no. I called my friend who had lost her dad. Mm-hmm. And she was the only other person I knew that had lost a parent. Because I was like, what do you do now? Yeah. No one don't. I mean, at that point, like, loss wasn't happening around us like it's happening now. And you don't really know many people of our age that have have experienced parental loss either. And so you don't know. Yeah. People don't get it. No. You you have to find somebody that has been through it to be like, okay, what do I do? What's the next step? I'm guessing Mm. there's steps to take. But what's the first step? Um, So we, we rooted around the room didn't find any paperwork so I thought well there's no life insurance there um and no I think we found a letter that said that it had lapsed and he hadn't kept up with the payments so no life insurance so wait 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 (laughs) (laughs) so no the impact of having no life insurance what that means well 
is that you've got a funeral to pay for now. Mm-hmm. Because that's the first thing that people want. Mm-hmm. They want you to take the body. Mm-hmm. Well. They want you to take the body out of their premises, whether it be the hospital or the home, yep. to find yourself. The first thing they ask you is, what um, funeral home are you yeah. using? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I ended up Googling <laughs> funeral homes near me. <laughs> do you know, like, <laughs> I, I, what else are you supposed to do? But this is the thing. People don't, people don't, think that you'll have to use your everyday skills no. to go through this time no. you would think that there's actually a logistical process that you have yeah. to go through but there isn't no. you have to literally draw upon whatever you do in your day-to-day life like you would find a restaurant yeah. like you would find a holiday go on google yeah because who and, do you and, but at the time as well emotionally you're not even there you know no this is it you're just on autopilot you're just you're just processing you're just doing, you're just carrying on. And for me, I was the only child mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. who was available and present to do it. Mm-hmm. So everything was on me. Mm-hmm. Everything. Like everything was on you. You have a sister, you have a half sister. Yep. I have a sister that's a half sister and it wasn't my pet. It, your, that wasn't the daughter of your dad. No. Nope. So it's all on you. Yeah. So I remember us talking about this and you, your dad's church started a, <laughs> is it a GoFund? Well, you know, I don't even know if they had GoFund in 2012, to be fair. But, well, no, what they did, well, what, okay, so my dad was a gospel singer and he knew a lot of people from a lot of churches. And before we'd even reached the home from the hospital, my phone started ringing. Bishops and pastors, people calling. So where are you going to hold it? In our church, this church, we've got 2,000 capacity. we got this, we've got... And I'm like, Hold I don't even know what my name is right now, let alone what I'm going to do. Um, so it was a big saga between him passing away and the funeral. But no, what happened was another pastor who I'd never, never even contacted me put on Facebook, on my dad's Facebook page, tagged my dad in a post. And I never was, was a friend. I didn't even know my dad had a Facebook until after he passed <laughs> away. Um saying the body's stuck in the hospital so we need money um now um because the family don't have any money and um we need to get the body he's gonna be in the hospital he's been in the hospital and he'll stay there because there's nowhere for him to go who gave this man this message i don't know but i was obviously furious and um yeah no one started a gofundme it was um the gofundme was me calling up family members and <laughs> how'd that make you feel well terrible because i've never really not never really i'm not a person to ask people for help in general um i don't like to put burden on anyone but i was 23 i just started a new job three weeks prior um i wasn't going to get paid for another five weeks because i'd missed the pay date and i had no money um, I was living at my mum's. I didn't have any savings. And funerals. Uh, <laughs> hey! So I didn't bury my mum. Mm. I cremated my mum because that was her wish. Mm-hmm. And even that was expensive. Mm-hmm. So a funeral, they say an average funeral is £15,000. Well, we, well, I did good then. <laughs> Where are we supposed to find £15,000 as children of the deceased? Dig it out your eye. Must be. Because it's really heartbreaking to know that you've lost your parents and the first thing they want to know is it's £75 a day to hold the body and any days after this is another £100 and if you want 
Um, not a cardboard box. It's nine hundred pounds. <laughs> Don't even start about the cardboard box business because. And you got to show out as well because this is your dad, well, a gospel singer. Well, this is it. This is it. Gospel singer, well known in the church circles. You know, a very proud man. Um, poor in money but rich in spirit. And how do I represent that when I've not got one pound to my name? Um, Did you resent that at that point? At, at, not at that point. I think I was numb for a lot of the process. Um, because, like I said, I was 23. I barely knew what I was doing with my life, let alone to make these big decisions. And the weight and the the burden was just on me as his only child. And I'd had a part of that experience of the the burden from him being ill and being his next of kin through all these operations and him going to a home and whatever. And it was a lot. I I didn't resent him at that point, but I resented people around me because they made it, they made me feel bad for asking for help. I went to family members and um, (laughs) they said, he don't need no big, big funeral. He don't need no big, big funeral. (laughs) No one said. It's going to be a big, big funeral. No. And um, my family is not big, but relatives, you know, wider relatives. You know, I've been to their funerals and horse and carriage and all sorts. Mm. And I wasn't asking for that. But at the same time, I wasn't going to bury my dad in a cardboard box. So how I found my funeral home was through Google. Yeah. <laughs> how did I find the funeral home? Because we went to about three or four funeral homes. Some of them, oh gosh. Mm-mm. They were, the spirit of the people was as dead as the people that they were looking after. Some of the, no, <laughs> no seriously, like I went with my sister and we, I remember we went to one in Halston and the man had he didn't have no vibe, like mm. none, not even a professional vibe, not even a customer service vibe. No. And we were like, no. And any funeral home that we went to, they kept saying the body, the body, the body, the oh, body. I hate that. And I was like, it's my dad. Like, Stop saying the body. It's, it's my dad. Stop saying the body. Like it's a person. Stop saying the body. And we went to co-op, and I remember I saw this nice casket, and it was three and a half grand. And I said, well, and it had praying hands on it. And I thought, I saw it and I said, my dad would love this. And I said, oh, is there anything you can do? I was trying to barter with the woman, big, big co-op funeral home. And um, she wasn't having it. And she flipped the page to the cardboard ones. You know, these are more affordable. And I was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that for my dad. No. So I thought, I'm going to find this casket. I must can find it cheaper. Google. No, you didn't. Because I saw the casket that I wanted as well. And I had the same conversation. What people were telling me is, why have this big, big casket if you're going to burn her? Mm, Yeah, this is it, yeah. And when people said that to me, not only did it make me question my decision to cremate Mm. her, but it was like she didn't deserve to go beautifully. Mm. She deserved to go in a cardboard box because I was just burning her. People are people are so callous with their words, and in general, in day to day life. But when you're 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 at the precipice of grief, you're not even there yet to start grieving. The words can cut Ooh. you so deep 
and those those I don't even know if those wounds heal to become scars because like now like I said it's eight and a half years since I've lost my dad it's a couple of years since you've lost your mum and the pain is still fresh were people there for you like friends no well yes but I don't think anyone could have been there for me because I wanted my dad so nobody's love could replace my dad's love. And do you think in relationships you, you're still seeking that? For sure. Yeah. For sure. And when does it come to a point that you realise that you're not going to find it because no one will ever be him? Well, I don't have the answer to that one. <laughs> I'm still... I don't know. Um, I think my my friends were there for me. But again, no one had lost... I had one friend that had lost a parent. No one... None of my friends had lost parents Mm. to know what it is that I'm experiencing. You know, my mum had lost her dad, but he was 82. Yeah, he'd lived his life. Um, And my friend who had lost her dad, he was ill for a long time. um, And so similar situation to your mum he also had dementia so it was a process but no one had an experience like me where it was just here today Mm, gone gone tomorrow tomorrow. and it was fully unexpected nobody felt my pain like no one could feel my pain I don't think I've met anybody yet that has had the same experience Mm. as me to say that they feel my pain so I was I was broken, but you know what black women do? You push forward. I had a funeral to, to sort out. Yep. And I felt guilty to cry. Mm, yeah, but I was wait. I was even trying to wring the tears out of your eyes. I know. I couldn't cry. There was, it was stuck. Mm. And it stuck in my throat. It stuck in my being. And I couldn't cry because also I had things to do. Hmm. Ain't no one got time for crying right now. And you got a child no to look No one's after. got... I've got a child to look after. I've got to get my mum... My mum, like yours, was a very proud mum and she mm. wanted this... She wanted this quiet funeral, but you know, deep down, she wanted it saucy and classy. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to meet everyone's wishes, her brother's wishes, who, you know, I'm asking myself, why now? Um, You know, and you, you think, you know, people were speaking up of things that they wanted when they weren't involved in her departure, you know, and her mm. journey to death. And I thought to myself, Everyone's got an I've opinion. got to keep, I've got, my sister was really very emotional about mm. it, but she, and that was because she was mild, that five, that she lives in America. She had the space. She, yeah. And she had the space too. And she also had a husband to grieve with and children to grieve with. And I only had myself. That's and I remember when mum died and I started crying, um, Ashley said to me, mum, I didn't know you could cry. Mm. and I said oh and I swallowed and I was like let me stop she went Mm. stop crying it's scaring me and I realised whatever I went through before then no matter the breakup divorce whatever I didn't show her that emotion but I couldn't once I received that phone call to say my mum's she's gone Um, and I remember driving to the hospital or the the home and all I wanted to do was touch her warm body Mm. And but I know she was dead, so I walked in the room, and I'd never been around. Did you touch body. your mom? I touched her, I kissed her, 
and I held on to her. Do you know I couldn't touch my dad? And that gave me peace. I wonder what it didn't do for you. You know, I couldn't touch my dad. They had him in a bed on a ward (laughs) at the end. These people were alive. And I was just like, he died in in the ambulance. So they brought him to the hospital and he was just, and the curtains were drawn. And I went and he looked like he was sleeping. And my sister touched his hand. And I couldn't because I didn't want to feel that he was cold. So I rushed to the hospital mm. with my daughter. And everybody mm. was like, no, you can't take her. You can't take her. And I'm like, look, I need to see my mum. Mm. And I need to touch her while she's warm. Don't ask me why that it's warm, cold. It's important. That's you know, la- it's, it's, a, it's a symbol of life, isn't it? The warmth. Yes. And no one knows this, actually. I took a picture of her mm. that no one's seen. Not even my sister's seen it um, of my mum when she was dead. Um, because at that moment she looked like she was sleeping. Sleeping, and it? it's mad, isn't it? She looked peaceful and beautiful oh, and calm Sorry. and amazing, mm-hmm. and she was warm. And I held her hand, and I felt it go cold. Mm-mm. Her temperature dropped, and it dropped, and it dropped until she was cold. And I held on until that time, and for me. That was one of the hardest moments of my life, feeling the life yeah, that is literally leave her. yeah, yeah. I I couldn't. I I I saw my, and I envied my sister. As I said, it it's not her biological dad, but she grew up with him. She's my older sister, and she touched him, and I I I, I went. My hand was like five centimeters from his hand and i just i couldn't because i just thought if it's cold mm. i don't know if i'd be able to cope unlike you i cried a lot mm. but i didn't you know i like to cry i'm a cry <laughs> <clears throat> but i didn't cry fully i didn't mm. ball yeah because i thought if i ball and I break, I don't know if I can get back together. Yeah, that's so, it. So it's a getting back. Yeah, you just shed one, two, tear, you go, little, mm, mm-hmm, and then you move on. Yeah. And then you, you, you pick up and you do what you need to do. But, whee! It's mm-mm, a lot. It's, and then yeah. it's seeing the body in the home. So after I saw her, I decided that I wasn't going to see her again. I didn't see her. And my sister, and then. I had to go shopping for underwear for her to be buried in, Mm. for clothes, for a wig. So I'm in H&M in Croydon in the underwear section, Mm. buying underwear Mm -hmm. for my dead mum. Oh, my Lord. I was like, seriously? Is this what people have to do? I've got two shivers because, yeah. Mm. I had to buy a bra. I had to buy underwear because, you know, culturally, we, you send them looking great. Yeah, you listen, after Chris. What? She had to get They're tight. going to meet the she Lord. The Lord. She had to get new shoes. She had to yeah, get new, new wig. New everything. She, I had to buy makeup for my mum. Because the, the woman said, oh, use your makeup. I mm. couldn't use my makeup. No. And then you... No. That's, that's a no. That's a no because every time you pick up the foundation, no. No. We don't need that. We were that. the same complexion, but it wasn't going to happen. We don't need that. So I bought her makeup, I had to buy everything, blusher, everything, new wig, this, that, hmm. dropped it off, 
And then my sister came. She flew in now a couple of days before the funeral. And she's like, come, let's go in the room and see mum. I said, Mm-mm, not me. I ain't going in there. So she gone in. She went, oh, mum looks beautiful. You got to come. I said, I don't want to go. She dragged me in the room. Mm-mm. Still here. Mm-mm. The image of my mum I saw. Mm-mm was not the limb image that I left. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And, and there was always... a reason that you took that photo. There's a reason that you took that photo and that was what you wanted your last memory memory to be. I didn't see my dad until the funeral. And when you saw him? I bought yeah. Because he had an autopsy because he died in the ambulance. So apparently if you die in NHS care, you have to have autopsy or no, not in a hospital or some, I don't even know. He had an autopsy anyway. And because it was bank holiday, I had to wait like 10 days mm. to find out why he actually died. Cause I, I, up until this point, I didn't actually know. And the reason why I cried at the funeral is me and my dad have got these same big Dumbo ears. Like this is my dad's exact ear. <laughs> and obviously, you know, to open the casket and everyone goes to view the body and we went last and I cried my eyes out I think I broke at that point because I looked at his face and I said "Mm, yeah I mean yeah I guess he looks the same but then I looked at his ear and I mean I don't I've never googled how they do autopsy I can't actually watch any of the shows since my dad's passed about how they do autopsies because his ear was not this ear so that's what broke me I I want us to recognize how difficult this topic is to talk about um we had to take a little break because for Shakisha and I, this is probably the first time that we've had to talk about the losses. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. And even though we are strong black queens, even queens sometimes our crown, you know, falls for a minute, but we pick it back up. No, I don't fall. It tilts. It tilts. It tilts. It tilts. So we were talking about um, the days of the funeral um, and how difficult it was to actually uh, view the bodies of our loved ones. Mm-hmm. Some people's choice is not to view it. Mm. You know, some people have open caskets, some don't. And your dad did. Mm. So bring me back to that moment that you were in the church and you walked past his body. Yeah, so I remember everyone went first and we were sitting at the front. My dad's funeral was quite funny because church, I don't want to call it church beef, but he had six people preaching. Wow. wow. <laughs> because they couldn't choose among themselves for one person to do it. So all of them was up there. Yeah. And so me and my sister kind of had a few jokes and laughed the whole way through. Um, so we let her, you know, we watched everyone go up and I saw people being emotional, but in my head, it was like, why? Why are you crying? Mm. Even though this is your dad. Yeah, it just, it, for some reason, it's like I was to prepare myself to to look at him. Okay. I had to detach from not just my emotions, but other people's. Right. So, you know, we let everyone go and everyone's going and then we were the last people to go up. And yeah, I looked at him and 
I was like, oh, he looks nice, smart. We bought him a new suit, new shoes, the dress socks, you know, the silky socks yeah. and gloves and whatever. His skin colour was a little bit oh. off. Yeah. Mm, doesn't have that yellow undertone that no, it should have. Not at all, mate. The glow. Mm. The glow is gone. Mm-hmm. There's something different about like the Yeah. I can't I can't put it into words. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And then yeah, I looked at his I said, yeah, you know, I think I was looking at him to see if he was all right. Mm. If that made, I don't know, it's a bit weird, isn't yeah. it? But I looked at him My to see if he was... My said the same thing. Yeah. She was looking to see mum looking nice. Yeah. And I didn't want to see mum looking nice because that's not how I wanted to... See. My last memory of nice to look like. It wasn't even... I was like, yeah, you're dre-. Like, I thought, okay, we've represented you well because okay. obviously all these people had seen him before me and I hadn't seen him mm. since the day at the hospital. Mm. So, I wanted... I said, okay, yeah. You know, all these people have seen you and you look you look all right. Yeah. But do you look okay? Mm. But how does somebody that's not alive look, look okay? okay? And so I was, you know, scanning him and then I looked at his ear. And that's when I broke down mm. because me and my dad have the exact same ear mm. and this ear that I looked at was not my dad's ear. Oh, mate. Because he'd had... An autopsy, and I had guess and they did whatever they did, and his ear didn't look the same. And so that's when I think I lost it. Yeah, and I just broke down crying. Did you feel at that moment like you had to contain that breakdown, or did you just. Do you know what? No, because this is my dad. And I mean, I cried at the beginning of the funeral. <laughs> Um, because I refused for my dad's, my, I wanted my dad to be brought in to one of his songs and brought out to one of his songs. And we had had this whole thing set up in the church. I gave them the CD. I said, I just put the two tracks on one CD, no confusion. Ready. They're lifting my dad up out of the hearse and where's the music? And I, I want to say I was a diva. Can you say he was a diva at a funeral? Yeah. I was a diva. I said, don't bring him in. Wow. Where's the music? Mm. Play the music. Yeah. And they're faffing about and they're faffing about and all now the music's not playing. And I said, he's not going in without the music playing. Mm. I want his song to be playing. And I think eventually somebody, I don't remember who, probably said, you know, suck it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember my ex ran home from the church because he figured out that there was a lead that they didn't have which is why the music wasn't playing and he ran home to get this lead so that coming out dad would have his music and it's those moments that you don't forget Mm. i mean i remember having to talk i don't know if you spoke at your mom's funeral so i had to um yes sorry your dad um i had to give a speech at my mum's, and I was like, okay, I can do this. And that's why I was containing myself throughout. Mm. I was like, right, you can't be barling now because mm. it, would, it would choke up. So I remember saying, right, this is you hosting, you're presenting. Like I had to detach. Your, yeah. I had to get up in front of everybody. Even when I walked in, I, I didn't, I could see people, mm. but I was like, right, I'm not looking. Mm. And I remember holding my daughter's hand and she, you know, looking so cute, coming in. And I was like, come on, we got this, we got this. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like in retrospect that I wish I could have been emotionally present mm -hmm. on that day instead of pretending. 
instead of having to put on an act, I really, I think that really stopped my my mourning and my grief of my mum oh. because you know that day is is closure. So it it took up to the point of going into the crematorium and them shutting the curtains and knowing that was the last time. I didn't even come into the crematorium. Right. I couldn't. It was it was so I didn't I've never been in that cremation. Mm. And so your mum's creation cremation to be the last. The first. The first. The 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 curtain shut. Yeah, that is a madness. Woo! The finality of the curtain shutting is um, I think I almost think it's more traumatizing than them lowering a coffin or a casket into the ground and putting Do dirt you? on it. Do you? Because when I heard, like, I've been to Fusion, and when you hear the stone... The dirt. Oh, hey. uh, yeah, it is a bit old. And yeah, then, actually, for me, Caribbean funerals, when those old birds start singing... <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> when I tell you, they take me to another place. And I think they <laughs> almost force the, the, the emotion. emotion mm, and they all start singing together. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, you know when you're church and then pastor starts to speed mm, up mm-hmm. and you start to feel it? Mm-hmm. And I feel like... The spirit. It, it was yeah. that and I started thinking have I done the right thing should I have cremated her mm. should I have not cremated her should I have and then I remember walking out of the crematorium and I heard a wail someone screamed and I looked behind and it was my aunt who had been contained mm. this whole time and when she broke I broke because mm. sometimes it just takes that one moment that someone else is expressive it's almost like permission yeah when you see someone else let go yeah it's like oh okay and they don't look too mad so maybe i yeah yeah because i was determined not to be the typical west indian on the floor on the floor yeah i didn't want to be her I didn't want to be that mad woman that looks back and think oh god why did you do that but that's their grief and if that's how someone wants to grieve then why not? Why do you do know, we I feel? watched something randomly the other day and it was about, you know, how people have kept, should keep this stiff upper lip mm. and contain their emotions. Mm. But in other cultures, when mm. somebody passes away, you know, they hire people to wail. Wow. They hire people to go up and down the streets wailing that these people that that, that's their job because they want people to know that there's this sadness on this family and let it out yeah but i don't know where we've got this thing from where i mean losing anybody losing a parent somebody that was (laughs) instrumental in you being on this Mm -hmm. earth why should you not have license to be on the floor yeah why do we have to feel like we should keep it together? All the time. I remember when at my dad's funeral, I didn't speak because mm-mm, I couldn't. Mm. I remember when I was doing order of service, I said, auntie who, my niece, mm-hmm. my nephew, my sister did the eulogy. I could not speak, but I said I wanted to sing a song. Mm. And it was the one song me and my dad recorded together. Mm. And it was the first time that I remember... I'm not saying that he never did before, but the first time I remember him saying he was proud of me. Mm. But we never had no backing track yet. My ex still hadn't come back with the lead. (laughs) Gosh. So I sang this song a cappella. 
But in my, my when I sat down, my sister said, you look like a crackhead. Oh, God. <laughs> because I was like, mm, and I'm slapping my leg and yeah. nodding my head because I'm hearing the music. But also, I had to focus on hearing the music that no one else could hear yeah. so that I could get through the song. Yeah. And I don't even know how I sang. I don't even know. I was probably out of tune. People, I don't, I don't remember anybody's reaction. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was singing, two people walked out of the church. Ooh. And that was for a whole other reason. Oh, I'm not because... Okay. Oh, I hope not anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, two people, two well-known pastors walked out of the church. And um, yeah, it was mad because I think they... Well, my mum asked me to perform the song again at the wake. I don't like that word, you know. Yeah. The after bit. Yeah. Because, okay, so where does that word wake come from? Because are we trying to awaken the dead? I don't know why it's awake. I don't, I I don't know. And also, why do we need it? Because, you know, we were talking about money earlier. Mm. And, you know, financially, I know there was a fund, but how, how did the funeral impact you financially well i think the my dad's funeral getting paid for is one of my biggest life testimonies Mm. because as i explained before i didn't have no money Mm. i went to family and it was basically like we ain't got no money Mm. and i told you that excuse me i googled you know i did a google search to find a casket Mm. and i found a casket that co-op was said was three and a half grand. I found it for nine nine nine, and I thought, "Oh, I said, oh, is it all right to get a bargain yeah. in this situation?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I ain't got the money, mm. so I called the people and I said, "Do I have to take your services, or can I just buy the casket from mm. you?" And they said, "You can just buy the casket, but come in and talk to us." Mm. And I went in and spoke to them, and they were the first people that called my dad, my dad, and not the body. Mm. And they were so sweet, and I said. I want, I want you to do my dad's funeral. Mm. And they said, wherever he, where is he? Is he in Scotland? Where, wherever he is in the UK, we'll go and get him. Don't worry about it. We'll look after him. And I was like, yeah, I want you to do it. And so when they told me the cost, it's like four grand for the flowers and whatever, and whatever else they do, I can't remember, to be honest. Mm. And I said, oh, it's a lot of money. I went and I got the plot. That was four grand. Yeah. So already at eight. I ain't got no money and I ain't got no job. <laughs> and <clears throat> one pastor or bishop or somebody called me and said, we need a breakdown of these costs. We need a breakdown because we're having a fundraiser at the church. 3,000 people. They never invited me. They never told me when it was. Apparently they had it, you know. <clears throat> so... Say this was two weeks had passed and I thought, boy, all now, I ain't got no money. I've been scrounging. I've been trying to get the money. I've begged, borrowed, stole, tried, but no one, I can't get the money from nowhere. And one of my friends, my good, good friend, bless her. I remember one day I just had to get out of the house and I went to her workplace and I just cried in the car. And I said, I don't know where I'm going to get this money from, but the funeral, we can't have no funeral because I can't pay for nothing. And she said, I've got some savings, you know. Mm. I remember at this time, we're 23. Yeah. She said, I've got some savings. I've got a few thousand. You can have it. I said, I would never take that from me. But I said, God's going to make a way. And I just have to believe. I thought, let me call 
the funeral home and find out <clears throat> what exactly the balance is. The woman said £4.38. So, excuse me? She said £4.38 left to pay. I said, what? She said, oh, what? Did you did you already pay the £4? Did, is it? I said, no. Yeah. What do you mean £4.38? She said, well... People have been paying. People have been calling us to pay. And I had given out <clears throat> the details because I said, I don't want the money. Send it to the funeral home. If you have a change or whatever, please send it. But obviously when I'm asking these people, they're telling me no. Who paid for the funeral? How the funeral got paid for? I don't know. God knows. I don't know. That is absolutely amazing. I literally, like, li- I'm telling you, if anyone don't want to say that miracles can't happen or miracles don't exist let me say my god is real because we went from over we got up to nine grand to four pound 38 that is amazing so as a woman now that is embarking on relationships with men what does the impact of your father's loss have on you and your relationships with men. Mm. I think my my dad even being alive had um, impact on my relationships with men. Mm. Anyway, okay. Now that he's gone, I remember a few years back, a couple of years after he passed away, I thought, rah, when I get married, who's gonna walk me down the aisle? And my dad couldn't walk for years, but I always imagined him in a wheelchair alongside me mm. I thought right he's not here and I don't have men in my family mm. that's how it's my nephew he's 11 years younger than me mm. and I said Jordan would you mind if whenever I get married would you walk me down the aisle he said yeah come on Kishi of course, of course. <laughs> yeah we do of course and at the time he was just a young teenager yeah but now I'm in a relationship and I'm like oh You'll never meet my dad. That's it. It's a never meeting. Because how do you know me without knowing my parents? This is it. Because I am my parents. Mm-hmm. I am my mum. Like, mm-hmm. there's a picture of my mum. Do you remember that picture of my mum when she was 18? Mm, you. It's That's me. me. Mm-hmm. And it's not until we found that picture. Um, it looks so old, but it's me. And I am her and I am... A lot of her, well, I'm my dad too, you know, mm. and as much as I wanted to deny it, I am very much him, you know. Mm. Um, he was a life and soul of the party, he was a sound man, he was a entrepreneur, then he was a builder, then he was a chef, then he was a, the man was everything, you know. Mm. And my flexibility to do stuff came from him, mm-hmm. and no matter how much I wanted to deny it and think, oh, nah, yeah, I'm my dad, but I want my future, I want my daughter, my daughter's mm. never met my dad. She don't know who granddad is. <clears throat> that's one thing that like it makes me tighten up inside mm. and that is like I don't have children yet yeah and they'll never know well no actually that's a lie I said they never see my dad in the physical form mm. but you see my dad made a lot of music original Tony Rich please go and check him out Spotify Apple someone's stealing the royalties but get be blessed anyway. Be blessed anyway. Oh God, that's a whole nother. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother <laughs> <laughs> Um, Shameless plug. Um, 
But my dad <laughs> has left so much music. And one thing about my dad is that he liked to talk in the songs. Ah, so he doesn't just sing. You can hear his voice. Yeah. And I've got photos. I don't have... There's one video on YouTube, one music video that he did, which I found after he died. Yeah. And he's done. And it's when he can move and he's dancing and whatever. And I only watch that once a year because I can't cope. Mm. But still, it's on YouTube. It's there forever. Unless, no, it's there forever. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, when I have children. We can get that downloaded. You know a man who can. Thank you. <laughs> um, when I have children, there's things there. Yeah. So you might not be able to touch him or hug him or smell him or see him in 3D. Yeah. But you can hear him and you can feel the spirit through his voice, through his music, watch him jumping up and down. And, you know, at his funeral, so many people that I'd never met, never heard of in my life. I don't know how they heard about the funeral. Come one man said, when I did first come to England, is your dad that picked me up from the airport? And 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 he's such a good man. Twenty five years I never see him, but I had to be here today. And those kind yeah. of things are so nice to hear. Yeah. I didn't know this man. I couldn't tell you who the man is now. Mm. So many people were talking to me on that day. Yeah, I got your dad's music. I got. I don't know who you are. Who? So he left a legacy, and I think yeah. that's what you've got to take forward. That even though he's not here, he's left a legacy with you. Mm. And talking about legacy, I've got another guest that's coming to talk about their loss, and then we'll mm. bring Keish back, and we'll all talk together how it means to be here collectively. So. Thank you for our first part. Thank you. So I am here with another, let's say, sister in loss. Um, one of my dearest friends also. Welcome to my podcast. Hi, Hi Zipora. So I call you Zip. So, so we are talking today about the loss of parents. And you know, this week is significant for you because um it was the anniversary of your dad's loss. And we were talking on the phone about the man he was. Tell me about your dad. Um, so yeah, so on Tuesday was two years since my dad moved on. Um, he was the rock of our family. Um, and I think for me, I am so privileged that I had a present, fulfilling, loving, present dad. Mm. And I was always so proud and almost putting people's faces that I've got a full home and my mum and my dad are together. My dad is present in my life. He comes to my parents' evenings and drops me to uni. Like he was just there. God-fearing man. Um, I'm the eldest of four. Loved us to bits and was just always there. Um, and even similar to um, what Keisha said, um, in his funeral, people were singing his praises. Like we'd had papers. I'm from Ghana. So people had problems coming to the country. Mm-hmm. He was the person that helped them get over the church was fundamental in the church. He was an elder in the church. When he passed, like, it's like our world was broken, mm. to be honest. He played such a fundamental role. And you were really close to him. Ah, daddy's girl, to the yeah. core, always and forever. So that for you, did it come as a shock? So um, he was back and forth between here and Ghana for a while. And my mum planned to be with him. We were all set up. They gave us inheritance. They did really well setting us up in terms of setting legacy for your children. They got that. Mm. All of us have our own properties because of them. So mum said, you guys are fine. You guys yeah. are doing okay. I'm going to go and be with my husband now. Mm. So she went end of 2018. The year finished. They had a lovely Christmas, January. Went to the shop. They had a shop in Ghana. He was unpacking stuff in the shop. And mum said he just started falling down. 
Mm. Mom knows um, CPR, so she was doing CPR. And if anyone knows Ghana in the market, you can't walk past there, so let alone ambulance coming through. So mm. she got a car, drove him through, got to the hospital, and they're like, dead upon arrival. What? How? What, what do you mean? I just went to shop with him in the morning. Mm. He was fine, talking to me, busting joke, and you're telling me yeah. he's not here. So that friend of mine, she was in Ghana at the time. This was early morning. So we found out on Saturday evening, afternoon. I remember the day we found out. Mm. Went to my house. My cousin found out, came to our house. And I was like, you're lying. Like, mm. shut up. This is not true. My sister, who's just below me, was pregnant mm. with my niece at the time. Um, so she found out when she was with child and God is good. He's amazing. Like he takes someone, but brings someone else. So a week to the day, to the time my niece was born. So she was born at 26. So she'd be two on Tuesday. So he literally turned our morning to dancing, literally. And I think for me, my faith has increased from my dad's death. Like, I don't know how people get through it without believing in high power. Mine is God, um, the almighty. Um, so yeah, so that. That brings chills in my spine just talking about it. And that's what you remember the most. The funeral is what you remember most when you remember the anniversary. Were you able to go to the funeral? Yeah. So, um, it so was... I've never been to a Ghanaian funeral. I can only tell you about our um, showcase <laughs> of a funeral in the Caribbean. What's a Ghanaian funeral like? I think like? it's similar to how you guys do. I've never been to a Caribbean funeral okay. either, other than the actual funeral part. So we have a one-week okay. celebration of their life, which I think is similar to the awake. Well, we have a one-week drinking session. Okay. <laughs> That's about it. That's so, about celebration of the life. So when they die, the week after, everyone comes to the house to pay their respects. Okay. Um, it's quite hard because you have to keep saying how the person died. So mum had to keep repeating herself about, I went to the shop. and So for me, I was like, why do you want to say this thing 10,000 times with different people when it's going to evoke that emotion from you? Everyone comes to the house, you dress in black up to the funeral. Okay. Um, so my mum came to London that weekend. She planned to come back, my dad, in that time anyway. She had to go back to plan it. So he died in January. We had the funeral in May because mm. it just takes time to organise everything. And so we're in January? Day. Yeah, so she died in January and we had the funeral in May. So so what are you... Sorry, we're going to go back to the funeral day. For me, funeral is closure and I mm. couldn't wait for that day. I can't, like... I even felt like I rushed it because mm-hmm. I needed that ending. I needed, I needed, even though I knew she left, she's gone, she's she's gone. I needed that for me to be over. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready, I'm done. Um, how is the poor in four months coping? I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I think for me, my siblings, I, they just are a godsend. Like, they're my best friends. Mm-hmm. So we came together. And bonded together and got through each other. So my brother went with my mom to Ghana to help with the funeral arrangements. And he, as the only boy, the youngest, he took the mantle of stepping up as a man of the house. Like, I rate Master Kissy. Um, <laughs> he went with my mom, sorted everything out. And we were here behind doing everything else. So the t-shirts, the booklet. Dorcas was looking after a new child and we were trying to help her, support her with that. So he was in the fridge all that time and for me that's not that's not weird my uncle was in the fridge almost for nine months jeez so I feel like sometimes sometimes we long it out so much that you don't get closure until it happens so this it's all pent up because you haven't seen Were I haven't seen him. I cried a lot couldn't sleep mm-hmm. and because my last memory of him I went to Ghana in 2017 he was, was busting joke we went out to eat he's a very like 
Cool, calm, and collected is my dad. Mm. Doesn't speak often, but when he does speak, you better listen. <laughs> um, always smiling. So the last time we saw him was very good memories. Mm. And I always, because he went back and forth so much, I wish I went more often or he came back here more often. So other than seeing him, are there other things in your relationship that you regret? No, actually. We talk every weekend. Things that I feel like I want to let my dad know things about me that probably a secret I told him about it so I feel like he knew me in my entirety like we had a really good relationship I talk to him more than my mum sometimes because he got me mm-hmm. so I don't have no regrets whatsoever my dad like coulda wouldas I should have done this I, if mm-hmm. only he was here not at all and I'm proud and glad of that to be honest yeah. it's really important and so so right we we'll go back to the day of the funeral or the, mm-hmm. the funeral process yeah so we went to Ghana in May and in Ghanaian culture the eldest person has to be with the body to get it ready so my oldest cousin was like you don't have to do it because you're the girl if you don't want I said no I can do it it's not only boys that can do this job Mm. so literally he was in our family home in like a tent and I watched him obviously I didn't want to see him in his nakedness I wanted him in if his life is nakedness I didn't want to see that but when he was decent enough I stayed the whole time watching them get him ready so and it's quite I'll just be free it's quite graphic so they put like on wall up his nose to make sure his nose is formed and it's very much mm, mm. you're like this is my dad's body you're really? joking and jiving they put makeup on they cover up the greys they like I held his hand it's I even went to the mortuary to collect my dad wow. so they we all went together all four of us and they said is this your dad and it was like yeah we can confirm and what was it's a bit late now though no no because they don't want anyone taking someone oh, body. Okay. so we wanted to make sure we went and then when I got saw him he was smiling lying there like he just looked at peace he looked I, I know my dad's in heaven and there's yeah. no shadow of a doubt about that and I think that's what gives me comfort knowing I'm going to yeah. see him one day so yeah he was smiling he's wearing his nice suit little tux he was just lying there and we had a, a, a casket but I had a glass around it just because we're not, superfic- we're not superstitious but Africa is Africa and I just want to protect my dad I don't mm. want no one's hands or spirits or whatever so we, <laughs> we put like a glass around him in the tent so if you went to go see him you couldn't touch him only the family could touch him um the funeral was hard um just because it's the last time you see him but I think my bit where I have not doubt but not closure is I didn't go to see him be buried Why? because they chose a place that was so far away in a different area that we had to leave all the guests to go there and mum was she just didn't feel like it made sense. We wanted somewhere that was in a crowd, that was closer to the family home. But family dynamics, people feel like they have more say. Mm-hmm. So you just be at peace with it. So I feel to this day, I didn't see the first shovel go on him. I don't. I didn't see where he got back. I know where he's buried, and we're doing his um, headstone at the moment. But I, until recently, I had some. Oh, I don't know where my dad is. I don't have closure because I didn't see him actually get buried. Mm-hmm. So I still grapple with that. If that serves me or not but it is what it is so just the movie i guess because as you say dad is with jesus yeah <laughs> literally i believe i think heaven for me is closer now it's here and as long as i feel like i'm i do my dad which I, i'm sometimes careful because i should want to go heaven because of jesus isn't it mm. that's why i should want to go heaven <laughs> yeah. but i want to go heaven and see my dad yeah. um and if that's what makes ignites my faith to be more on fire for god to understand that he's real then for me that's okay so i was talking to shakisha about relationships and as a woman often your dad is supposed to be the first man you fall in love with really and he's supposed to model how um true love 
is, you know? And is true love broken mm. now that your dad is gone? That's a good question. My dad showed me what love is. My mum and my dad had a very beautiful relationship, very open, affectionate, loving relationship. So I know what love is through them. Even my friends and family are like, I want a relationship like your mum and dad. Do you know how dope that is for your friend to say that? Like, yeah. I want your mom and dad have. And I'm like, yeah, I had that. <laughs> I grew yeah. up with that. So for me, because I've seen it and he showed it, he wasn't shy to show it. I don't think it's broken. But I'm upset that my man won't see my dad or won't see what my mom and dad have to do that for me. Yeah. You know that example that... And how, how are you going to do that? Because Keisha and I were talking about the legacy. How are you going to bring dad into now I don't I don't know like I keep him alive by talking about him all the time mm. like I even say is I don't really use past tense for my dad yeah. yeah I just for me for him to be present and active and for me he's alive it's in a different form yeah so I still like daddy is daddy's so happy of us he's so proud of us so still using that narrative or using present tense, I do that. I don't know if it will go and I'm happy. Do you think, case. I mean, we've spoken now to two of you who have lost um, fathers. Do you think there is a difference between losing your father? No, not difference, but the impact. Do you think if a mother was lost, it would be different? Yeah. Yeah. Even though you were closer to your dad. But your mum was, she carried you for nine months. Yeah. Um, like, I don't really like thinking about my mum in that context. Because when my dad first died, some people say all these theories, oh, you know, when your dad dies, not long your mum will go. Why would you tell me that when mm. I was my dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you okay? Yeah. But it was like, oh, the grief sometimes is much. And you got, as an older sister, oldest, you have to make sure you look after her because if anything happens, what is it? Is it me? Yeah. So I think that thought alone, I don't even want to comprehend it. But my mum has become so much stronger. Has Her joy is infectious. Like, I can't be down around my mum because she will just be like, Daddy will want us to be happy. Mm. He wants us to be proud. He's proud of us. He's looking over us. And she puts voice notes and is always singing different songs and trying to encourage us. Her joy is so infectious. But I, I can't compare to someone that's lost their mum. That's a feeling that I, I won't pretend to understand how that feels like. I know that feels like for me to lose a dad that's present and active. But a mum... I'm never going to pretend and use them lip service words people use because I can't relate. Yeah. I mean, obviously I can mm. because it is real to me and there is nothing. I can't actually, and I've lost both. Mm. And I think my story of my father is really different because my dad wasn't active. Mm. He wasn't present. Um, I didn't idolize him. I felt that he abandoned me from a, a young age, you know, um, in my early years he was present but he also used alcohol as a coping mechanism and he exposed me to a lot of unhealthy uh behaviors so I a lot of my memories were seeing my dad on the floor drunk you know and so he chose that life and I feel that he didn't prioritize me or my mum or our happiness because he um chose alcohol his alcohol left uh, um caused him to become blind um, my dad was blind 10 years before he died because he refused to stop drinking and he got a glaucoma and a cataract and you get you, you become blind if you drink when you've got diabetes. Um, and so my dad still, you know, carried on with his best life. Um, my dad was an adulterer. My dad actively cheated on my mum. 
Um, I was I was witness to women that my dad cheated on. Um, I didn't have my dad wrote a letter um, to say that he is writing me out of his life because he feels that I chose my mum over him in the divorce, but he was actively cheating in our family home with a woman that I found. Um, And I was 16 at the time. So for me, I couldn't respect this man. Mm. And I remember I came to England. um, I left. I was in Guyana for a while. And I left England and I left him there and I didn't tell him that I was leaving. We lived in the same house. Mm. And my dad was really malicious. At one point, my dad had another family. And (laughs) my mum would go shopping and put food in the fridge. And I remember one day, my dad said to me, oh, would you, I was at 15. He said, what do you want to eat for breakfast? And I said, oh, bread and cheese. Mm. And he said, oh, 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 there's no bread. There's no cheese. I said, but mum's gone shopping. And he said, oh, the dog jumped up on the table and he ate the cheese. Is it? But he didn't know I was looking at him. And my dad used to take things from our family fridge into a bag to take to his other family. What? Yeah. That was my dad. And that's for me how he loved me. Because, you know, you're taken from me to another family. But do you even call that love? That's it. I don't know what that is. And so when I, when my dad passed, I hadn't spoken to him for 10 years. Wow. Because, as I said, he said that I was, I, I was dead to him because I chose my mum over him. Despite my parents got divorced after 30 years of marriage on my 16th birthday. The courthouse was right next to my school and I was writing my GCSE maths at the same time. Hence why I got a D because I couldn't focus. Hmm. And I could see my mum in the courthouse because, wow. you know, in the Caribbean, it's got like wooden... Oh, I see And you. I could see her. And I remember that feeling and I remember having to choose better. So, and I do think my dad's influence, if he was as significant as yours, would have been different in terms of my relationships mm. and my grief. Because I got a call from Guyana to say, so my dad got remarried. Um, as I said, he was blind. But he still managed to find a woman. And I remember saying to him, you don't even know what this woman looks like. And he said, yeah, but I know what she feels like. All right. I said, <clears> okay, <throat> dad. Right. <laughs> Um, so he's married this woman now and this woman's got his legacy, his money, his whatever. And she called, no, her son called and she went, oh, hi, is this Camila? It's the middle of the night. And she said, he said, um, your dad's died. I said, oh, I didn't know how to feel. Mm. And I wonder if other people who don't have relationship with their parents, when they hear that, feel the same. Because I didn't have, when I got a call about my mum, I burst out mm. into tears. I didn't know how to feel. And managing grief when you your relationship is mm. skewed is a really different scope. It's, it's really different. And so losing my dad, I don't relate to you mm. in that. And I guess that's the whole message about grief. It's different for everybody. Yeah. And, diff- and I didn't go to Guyana for my dad's funeral. Mm. I didn't want to go. I didn't feel that he was worth the plane fare. And I don't know how dare I. In, in retrospect, maybe I should have. But I thought, why am I going? Why am I going to say goodbye to someone I didn't even want to say hello? Do you have any regrets about yeah, what the departure or the relationship? The relationship. But what do you think you could have done differently? Being more empathetic. I think my dad was uh, hurt by my mum. I 
and I look back on their relationship and I don't know if she loved him how he wanted to be loved. My mum was quite a hard woman, you know. And he chose her. Yeah, I know. And it's really difficult, you know. This is a whole other relationship discussion. (laughs) But then when mum died, that was different too because when someone's got dementia Mm. and they stop talking and the first person that my mum forgot was me and I was the last person to care for her. And I felt sad. Mm. I felt, how could you forget me first? She would see my ex-husband. She would see my daughter. She would remember their names. But she would call me mommy. Um, And her mum and her had a really tumultuous relationship. So at first she was a bit afraid of me. Because I think her mum used to hit her on that. And I thought, I'm calm. Like, I've been here for you from... Like, I'm your, your wash belly last pick me. Like, I'm calm. Yeah. I've always, like, I've always, I rode for you. I lost my dad for you. How long did your sister go to the States? When I was 10. See. I, I was her. I was her handbag. My mum had depression from a young age and mm. I was there looking after her from a young age. My mum had postnatal depression. She didn't want me at birth. At when You know, she didn't check to see whether I was a a, a living baby for six months nearly, five, six months, because she didn't want another baby yet. She was 42. So when she, you know, I was always her carer. So I felt, you know, quite, how can you forget me? So then when she died, I I had a lot of feelings. Like, you've left me now. You've left me with not much. You've left me with no dad. You left me. So whereas... I love hearing that you have this wonderful memory. I want that. I really want it. I want like what Keisha has. I want that, the songs. I don't have, I remember my mum being sad all of the time. My mum was sad for my whole life. And I want, I want to replace that. I want to have that memory. I want to have the joy. And I think not having the joy that you have hurts me. So I want you to feel strengthened in your joy that those are for me remarkable lessons that you've learned from dad um and i think your dad is looking down on you and seeing how amazing i see you as because you know i think you're amazing and zipporah single i'm just letting you know um you can slide in my dm for her details um (laughs) So she's from good stock, as we've heard. So I just want, you know, I want you to, I want you I to find that. You. I just want you to find <laughs> that, you know. Um, so we're going to bring Keish back and we're going to wrap up our grief chat because it's deep and hard and we're going to end with, with some good stuff. So we're going to look at how to help others because that's what we do. Um, so thinking about your time in grief, what message can we, or advice can we give to people when they've let's start with you first discovered that your parent has died. Breathe. Yeah. Breathe. Breathe some more and breathe again. What about you, Zip? Yeah, I think just taking it in because I was in denial. The first when I first was told, I was like, no, no, no. I think I said no, no, no for a good hour, and just taking that time for your own self to accept it for yourself. Without the noise, that distraction, be like, oh. And does that mean, real. like, removing yourself from 
your family or going for what, what, what does that look like <sighs> all right you both breathed yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, what does it look like i feel i feel like everyone's everyone's coping strategies in general is different mm. and for me i just went into go mode mm. so actually i don't really remember when I allowed myself to initially feel sad. Mm. Like I said, it was just go mode. It was one month and one day between him passing away and the funeral. But you couldn't do go mode. So, but then, yeah, it's different. This is what I'm saying. There's so many, we're, we're three people that have lost parents and we each have a different experience, but with a lot of similarities. And it's also different on how your, um, parent died because I've got friends whose parents commit suicide I've got friends that um it's been sudden like a car accident and I think that's a totally different grief too because then you feel robbed yeah you feel that you know and then you may ask the questions god why yeah like you know it wasn't his time like at the age of your parent maybe if your parent was a lot older you might think okay they lived a good innings in it and they've done it um or if your parent left you with loads of debt, it, it's, it's so different, mm. I guess. And your relationship, as I said, your relationship with your parent determines the level of grief. Because just because someone's mum died, they might have not even had a relationship mm. with their mum. So us saying that we think mum's dying is different, it might not be mm, for them. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And I think the reason why I pause is because now I've been through it. The things people to say that are blanket statements don't make any sense anymore. It will get easier over time. That's a lie. It does not get easier over That's time. I, did I ever tell you that? No. <laughs> no. And I think it's, it's only when you've been through something, lie. you realise things, even I probably used to say back in the day when to try and consult someone, like, that is nonsense. Yes, you get stronger over time mm-hmm. because you, but it becomes this whole new normal. I have to accept every day, every year, every birthday, every Christmas, my dad is not here. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get easier. So I've learned, this is why I pause because things I used to say, they're not re- relevant. They're no. not valid. And, and and going back to anniversaries, that's like so significant. There are more than one anniversary. It's not just the day of their death. No. So we've got the day of their birth. Mm-hmm. We've got the day of their death. Mm-hmm. Which for me is in the same week. You've got Christmas. Mm-hmm. The day of their burial. The day of their burial. Mm-hmm. You've got the day of your birthday because mm-hmm. you want your parent mm-hmm. The day of your wedding. Mm-hmm. The day of your child's birthday. The day mm-hmm. of your... There are so many days... Father's Day, Mother's Day. I just think it doesn't stop. For me, my dad's birthday, the anniversary of him passing, and Father's Day is all in June. It's all in the same month. So for me, and you know, I used to tell people from like the end of May, don't expect to see me in June. But is that healthy? And I used to hide myself away because... I didn't know how I would behave. Mm. And there was a time where I tried to go out because my friend's birthday is on the same day as my dad's birthday. One time I tried to go out and I had two drinks and I was paralytic. Mm. And so I was barling yeah, in the birthday <laughs> for my dad. Mm. So on my birthday, the first birthday that I had without my dad, I think that's when it hit me. And this is six months later mm. because I woke up late. And I was like, why have I woken up at like 11 a.m.? Mm. My birthday, I normally get up early. And I said, because my dad normally calls me at the crack of dawn. Mm. And there's no call. But my advice 
to anybody dealing with grief is be patient with yourself. Yeah. Don't expect because you see somebody, even your own family member, reacting in this way to the same situation that you should react that way. Feel how you want to feel. The more that you hold the emotions in, they will come out in other ways. And it can end up being self-destructive, which is what you don't want. The things that it will get better over time, that is absolute BS. Yeah. My thing is... It doesn't get better. You just learn how mm. to deal with it. Better. Mm. It's been eight years yeah. and I'm still boiling. Yeah. And I think as well, don't underestimate how strong you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so a friend, a mutual friend of all of ours, um, their dad passed recently and Cam called me and was like, I noted on Tuesday, actually, the anniversary mm-hmm. of my dad's death and was like, I know this is a hard day for you, but you can encourage someone else. Which is what I found. I was like, oh my gosh, can I do this? Can I help? And you did. Because <laughs> I spoke to that person yesterday and they said that you left a message for them and it changed their grief and their day. Mm-hmm. And so you have to know what that message mm-hmm. that you sent on the day of your dad's passing to the day after someone else's mm-hmm. dad's passing meant to them. Because they felt that message and they said to me, Zipporah's words to me meant so much. Wow. So you can't, as you say, just marvel in how strong you are mm. as individuals mm. and how we lift each other up. And I remember the day of my mum's funeral, Keish was there like my Rottweiler. <laughs> Every time she saw my face, right, what's going on? I was like, I'm all right. No, you're not. You're not. Come on. What's I next? Did not Who's getting you vexed? Who needs to go? Who needs to leave this place? She was like a, a dog with I a bone. I forced her to eat. I said, just eat one piece of meat. Yeah. Just do this. Just have you had a drink? Have you had water? Have you done this? And she, and I needed that <clears throat> because honestly, I would have just let myself go. And so it's being actually active and present for those that have lost. Mm. I've, I've, one of the healing things is, is to be, felt held mm. when you feel weak because mm. grief is weak and to know that your support system is actively taking charge i'm not a girl that asks for help mm. and you've got to come and just do it you've got to just turn up at my house mm. you've got to just bring me food you just got to feed me mm. you've actually just got to put a spoon in my mouth and so when you as a friend don't even know what to do mm-hmm. just be present be actual be active even if they say they don't need you Force yourself. Mm. Force force yourself on them. Especially if you know that your friend is the type of friend that feels like they just need to get on with it. Yeah. And I think from the person receiving it, let them. So if someone just runs up in your house and like got food, it's totally to be like, I'm not in a good place, close the door, I don't want to speak to you. Let them love on you. Let Let them them help you. Let them support you. Let them be there for you. Because I don't know how it's for you, Keisha, now. Because you guys have lost quite a while ago, people will forget. Years, like yours. Yeah, so people forget. So people didn't call me as much as they did the first year when Dad yeah. passed. Girl, nobody calls me now. Yeah, one. I have one friend mm. that you know knows. Yeah, and Cam. She know, but again, Cam's birthday sits in yeah. that space. It's hard. So isn't it? when Cam tries to invite me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her birthday, let's turn up. Like, Girl, I'm not But yeah, but yes, there mm-hmm. are people. But people forget. They do, and that's another thing. And that's as okay, well. though. That yeah. is okay. That's okay. Yeah. It's okay because do you know what? Again, 
nobody is going to have the same experience as mm. you. And it's very easy to push people away, but still expect yeah. them to be there for you. Mm. And I say that not to All say the time. it's envious they don't check up on you. I no. think it's also understanding that their life still moves on, but yours life stays. And I think you need to accept that when they do give you that help, I think receive because it won't always be there. Mm-hmm. So I've learned that friendship is important, especially mm. in my girls. Like I realized how strong and important it is to have solid girlfriends. When Camilla asked me to do this, I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to do that because my love for her, mm. I did it. Mm. Um, so I think it's also letting people that support you. And it's not you, been that bad, right? It's been all right. <laughs> um, support you and just love on you. I think that's key for me. Yeah, it's important. And I think what Zipporah just said about life goes on, mm. that is my other key takeaway. That no matter how you feel, mm. life is still moving. Time is still moving. And like I said, you know, at the beginning, when I saw the person at the bus stop, I was like, how dare you? Because you expect time because your world has stopped and crumbled. Mm. You almost expect everyone else's mm. world to, to be the same, but it's not. And that's okay. It's okay to understand that what you're feeling, you're feeling, and you have to go through those feelings. You cannot push them to the side. Mm. You cannot, you have to go through them. It's not going to get easier, but the more that you push through is the more that you will learn mechanisms about how you mm. can deal with it mm. yeah, and what's right for you. And it's, it's about, I think, finally to love on yourself, mm-hmm. as you said. Mm-hmm. I think that is, for me, one of the key takeaways that sometimes we don't have other family members. We don't have siblings. We don't have a large friendship network. Mm-hmm. And it's about breathing. It's about understanding that life goes on and love upon yourself. Mm-hmm. So anyone out there going through it, we've got you. Message us. We're here to support. And please, and yeah, you if you this. want to slide in my DMs. Do I mean, Cam will put it up, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't have Please. no DMs to be sliding in, so... <laughs> sliding mine for her. For, no, but for, for, for grief. For grief. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not. I'm not, though. Putting it out there. Anybody wants to put a ring on it? Um, we love you guys. Our love is for you, and I love you too. Thank you. Thank you.